You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Okay, guys, welcome back to a Life in Ruins podcast where we investigate the careers of those living a life in ruins. I am your host, David Howe, and I'm here with Dr. Carlton Shield Chief Gover and uh, the other one. And today we have all just gotten back. Well, Carlton has stayed in Colorado. Connor and I just left Colorado. As you heard in the previous episode 107 with Dr. Todd Cerevel, I told him that we were surprising Carlton for his graduation. And Carlton apparently wasn't surprised because his significant other and another friend's significant other ruined the surprise. And either way, though, he was happy to see us. I think that was the story. I just... This is a this is dragging on as an intro, uh, but you guys just uh, just the, the, what I want you guys to take from this is that I have had probably four hours of sleep since Wednesday. We're recording this Monday night. Carlton has had a weekend, and Connor has certainly had a weekend as well. You guys want to take over from here? Yeah. So it's also episode one hundred eight. I don't know if I have Rona or if it's a sinus infection, but I feel. I feel horrible right now. Dude, Pretty it, sure this is a fever is dream. Just like I, <laughs> I didn't up, even man. drink all that much, but yeah, it was like four days, four or five days of like nonstop hosting and events. And yeah, man, you were busy. Oh god, I'm so glad it's over. I need to put my house back together. It's still a mess. Yeah, I'm still trying to put my life back together, but you know, that's a, that's for another podcast. Mine's yeah, like- no, I like I flew out at like three o'clock this morning. Dropped David off at the airport at like seven o'clock last night. Yeah. Stayed up late every night. You know? The yeah. Normal things you do when you're 30 and you shouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> I'm surprised that we made it till like 3 a.m. Friday night. Yeah. It, <laughs> I think we, me and Connor and Alex, actually, I should say that Alex and Connor didn't necessarily leave. Lauren and I left and brought Connor and Alex with us. <laughs> yeah, we were we were non-willing participants to leave said fun, said I, gathering. I was good. I kept I was like just buzzed for the entire night until towards Same. the end I took a whiskey shot and that's what did me in. But it was yeah, great was, seeing yeah. everyone. It was it was like super weird to see all my different circles in one place. Yeah. People that I don't normally associate with one another all there. It's like a wedding. Like you just see yeah. so many different people. Um, yeah, I guess cool. I don't have to have one of those now that I had my graduation. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Lana <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, we'd never met Lana in person. She is a lovely and human being. We are very proud of David for his last episode. He did not call any of us. I thought I thought at some point you were just going to call me and be like, everything's broken. <laughs> He's stuck in the green room. <laughs> He's stuck in the green room. Uh, <laughs> he started his own podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he was like, wait, what is it? Uh, I was like, just hit no on that. Yeah, so guys, one, first of all, this is going to be one of those episodes where it's not a normal one. So if this is your first episode, just go ahead and retract. But also... Uh, a lot of people know this. We do the whole podcast remotely, and it's like I'm in Tennessee right now. Carlton's in Colorado. Connor is in Washington, and like we got to do the whole thing via remote. And when we do the podcast, Carlton has it down to a science. Well, we can we can talk to them about the uh, like the letters and all the formal stuff that we do. But I just want you guys to know 
much like a stewardess or a steward or a flight attendant would be the word, the gender neutral, on Southwest Airlines, Carlton takes all of our guests through an in-flight menu before the podcast, and it is down to a science. And like, I honestly, I would have you do it because I know you know it by memory, even in the state you're in right now. But it, the guests don't need to hear that, the audience. But uh, no, but essentially, it's just saying yeah. like, hey, so this is going to happen. You can hit this button to mute. You can hit this. If you raise your hand here, you can let us talk. At any point, if you want to say something that, you know, you want to retract something, just take a step and say three, two, one and go back into it. And like he has it so down and I'm boring the shit out of all of you guys. So anyway, what else can we talk about? Well, we did an experiment with Devin yesterday. Yes. On, uh, so we're recording we t- this Monday, May 9th. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, here we go. Wait, can we can we talk about how when we when we get together we don't record things because we have too much fun together that we can't even possibly think about sitting down and making a podcast. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah, we to have me. to because we're only ever together for like such short periods of time, and mm-hmm. we'd rather like have fun and hang out rather than. And every time we, you know, we always have something like we we're supposed to go to Meow Wolf this past weekend. <laughs> Last time we were together, we got stuck up on a mountain. Like every time we're supposed to do something, like it just does it. We get thrown a curveball. Um, so. You're like a video logger or some someone to follow us around. Yeah, it's just, it's just shenanigans. I mean, we'll be can- we would be canceled immediately for you know anything that we say can and will be used against us in the court of law <laughs> uh carlton did we tell you about this uh, i mean it's appropriate enough it's it's public safety did we tell you about the child in the hotel room what are you talking about so alex and lauren and me and connor are sharing a hotel room and <laughs> as soon as we like finally all stop laughing about them trying to get me a mail order bride or scared. Remember what they were trying to convince me to do. I was just, I was on a level. We just start hearing a child like screaming from another room. And this is like one thirty-two in the morning. And like, I was like, okay, it's a nightmare. I had nightmares my whole life. I know what this kid's going through. He'll be fine in like maybe a minute. And then like a, another minute went and like, it was like death screams. We're like, Oh my God. So I stuck my head out the door and it was the neighbors like next door in the hotel room. And I heard them screaming. I didn't hear like any hitting or anything like, you know, like abuse wise that I, you know, could hear. Uh, like it was just screaming and it was sounded like a mom just being like, please, please go to sleep. And I was like, all right, this is fine. Like they're, they'll go to sleep. I went back to bed and then like, then you just hear ah! and like screaming <laughs> again. And we we're like, my brother's going to be freaked out and just kept screaming. And then I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to call the office. And I like called the office and I was like, Hey, there's a child screaming bloody murder in the room next to us. Uh, can you like, which, and she's like, I'll be right up. And like went to go check it. And I stuck my head out again. Cause I heard a door open and some old lady that was in a room down the hall was there like very concerned. And we like looked at each other like, uh Oh, and I said, I called the office and she was just like, she waited there until the office lady came and then the scream stopped. But a guy walked into the room and he's like, man, she's just on a tantrum. And I was like, oh, all right. It was a 30 day yeah. tantrum. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. and, and to get put some context, uh, Lauren, who is Crabe, Alex Crabe, who's on, has been on two episodes or yeah, just one? I think two. Yeah. I think I two. Doesn't matter. Yeah. She, she was kind enough to book this place for us. Uh, just, she was trying to find something cheap. And she has a, a history of bu- booking places next to areas that are maybe not the most desirable. 
in. <laughs> it was not the nicest area of Denver, I'll say that. It's like right off I-70, right off by Thornton, where, and it was... It was the place you'd expect to have domestic violence or uh, child abuse happening next door to you in a hotel room. Did I tell you guys I saw a gang shooting in Denver before my graduation? You did tell us that. Uh, I saw a drug deal. We'll go back to that. But yes, please tell the audience about about this. Carlton can't get away from it, guys. I just cannot. And we still haven't talked about the Cancun trip either. Uh, we got but, eight minutes. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, so, so like, I was driving home Tuesday from work at Denver Museum of Nature and Science. Pulled up to a light, and uh, I was, like, talking to Phil, who was, uh, we're, like, coordinating me picking him up the next morning. And I heard what the Cancun police would describe as signs falling down. And uh, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, here we go again. And then I heard, like, three more. And I look over, and just, like, there's two kids in a car, uh, hands out with uh, sidearms. One guy, the driver, had a sidearm, and he was firing at the car in front of him. I guess he killed the driver. And uh, I, once my light turned green, it was like a busy-ass daylight intersection. Once my light turned green, I zipped out, called the police, got home, talked to a detective, and he was like, yes, yeah, so you've given the most descriptive account so far. We're going to need you to come into Denver HQ and, like, do a statement. I'm like, does that only happen if someone's dead? They're like, yeah, someone's dead. I'm like, oh, sweet. So then I drive back into Denver during rush hour and like you sit with this PhD detective. Studying human behavior. So of course you gave like the best one. That's really unfortunate. Actually, and it, it was kind of funny because I'd be sitting there and like, so this is what I know is fact. And like, this is my conjecture. And he was like, dude, I love the fact that you like are telling me what you know and then what you reflected on. I'm like, yeah, man, that's just how it goes. And he told me I was his best witness ever. So Good for you, man. <laughs> I like to see that though. It's like wild. Yeah. So yeah. Next week, Carlton's dropping his new crime podcast where he just <laughs> recounts through every episode where he almost gets shot and or killed. I think he's already up to like three seasons full of content, possibly at this point. If I see a mass shooting, I fill up my bingo card. Uh, we need to talk about Cancun. Oh Jesus, Cancun. Yeah. So that happened, I guess, over a month ago. Now we talked about it. Yeah, so we talked about it a couple times on the podcast, like without going into detail. But this happened when I got when I was coming home from Cancun at the end of March, and uh, like we're pulling up to this terminal, and people are like already running out. My taxi driver's like, "Wait here, I'm gonna find out what's going on." And I get out of the car and I like pull my bag. I'm kind of just like trying to flag people down, and he's like, "Okay, it's you know." So I pay the taxi driver. He's like, "It's gonna be fifty dollars." I'm like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Well, pay me and then I'll tell you." So I pay him, and then he gets in his taxi and fucking drives off and just <laughs> leaves me there. I was like, "Okay." So I'm standing around with like people are running out of the terminal, and I'm like, "What's going on?" And it's like, oh, "Of course, all it's an international terminal," and someone's like, "There's a shooting in the terminal." And I was like, "Should we leave?" And like we start backing off. Then like airport personnel come out. And uh, they're telling us, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Like one of the uh, metal detectors malfunctioned and like popped. Was it a shooting? As he's saying this, like this family is like running past me. He's like, that's not what happened. That man had a gun and they just kept running. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Would someone in Cancun lie to me? And so just kind of waited there. Uh, Federales and the National Guard show up. They like lock down the terminal. But then they start letting people in. And I'm one of those folks that like go in to check my bag. And uh, sure enough, I like get my bag tags and uh, 
I hear shooting somebody was getting back to tagged. <laughs> yeah. And someone so I heard shooting again. And I was like, I look up at towards security where the shots are coming from. People scream and the stampede just happened. And I booked it out of there with uh, my giant pink duffel bag it was the there was the scary part was the uh was the stampede like that mount of people just like mm. running and you can see videos on youtube and also had a really good instagram story and I, I i was able to flee the terminal but while that was going on taxis and buses kept pulling up and like dropping people off at the terminal like the national guard nobody closed anything down there was no like road security they just had like a bunch of people with guns running into there while clueless tourists were also running into there we're trying to tell people like hey there's a shooting don't go in there they're like but wouldn't the road be closed down we're like we're not in america where that kind of thing happens we're in mexico (laughs) i don't know it took like three hours to get back in nothing was delayed and the official story from the Mexican government was that it was signs that fell down and created a loud noise and created panic. But like I saw ambulances carried bloody bodies away. So heavy sign. They were yeah. <laughs> big, big old signs. Looney uh, tunes. Signs were looming, looming over them. Oof. But like, yeah, I mean, that was crazy. Like nothing was delayed and it was immediately within two hours. Things were locked up. They had shut down the cell service and Wi-Fi for a bit. Like they locked everyone out. So like, I didn't actually see a gun, but I know what gunfire sounds like. I've you know, there's two You're shooting well events, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know. So like, I don't know, but uh, that's how my Cancun trip ended. Was me like terrified on a plane trying to get home. Yikes, dude! Uh, haven't had nightmares or anything. I like talked to my therapist about it. That's good. It's like. Because my stepdad was in was in the State Department, and before I'd gone, he had basically gave me the State Department info on what's been going on in Cancun. And he's like, Carlton, as long as you're not buying drugs, I'm not going to kill you. Most violence in Mexico is cartel on cartel. Like, that's just how it goes. So when the shooting happened, I was like, I'm safe. They're not going for me. Why would they? But it was the stampede, like trying to get out of the way. Because I was like hiding behind cars as people are running past me. Yeah. And there was this, there was this point, kind of like looking back at how kind of calm I was. I mean, there's absolute panic at one point, but uh, I was like trying to get past this lady, this older couple, and I got caught up in her bags and she looks at me just terrified. I just stopped. I'm like, no, it's okay, ma'am. You go ahead. Like, please. Hmm. And just like kind of let her get out and just stood there. You see, there's some nice Jersey boys that helped you out too. Yeah. So as we were, uh, Pauly D in the situation, yeah, trying to get, (laughs) as we're like waiting to get back in the terminal, and the reason why I went back is I wanted to get home so bad. Like the fact that everything had happened, I was like, the safest place I'm going to be is back in this airport and get and out out home. Whatever's happened has happened, but I don't feel safe here. And uh, I met Don and John, like Don, D-A-W-N, Don and John, married couple from Trenton, New Jersey. Don and John. Don yeah. and John. Don and John. <laughs> so there was a flight to Newark. And so, like, there was a bunch of Jersey folks, and so I was hanging out with them. So they're they used were, to all, it. Yeah, and they we all had this like, we got everyone to put their bags up against the wall. So if we had to dip out again, we could just turn around and book it. And so we're kind of passing the word along. But here's another part: like, so the Mexican government would have us believe that it was like panic and hysteria. So as we're like back at the terminal, as someone's unloading a car, one of their bags like pops onto the sidewalk. And immediately my brain goes to like, oh, here we go again. And like you hear screaming and people like it, like a wave just start to like 
book it. And we were able to calm everyone down. Like, no, no, no. It was just a bag. It's fine. So I have a hard time believing that if a sign fell over at security, that same reaction wouldn't have occurred where it's like, oh, no, everything's fine. It's just a just a sign. Like the fact that security also took off and then the National Guard and federales like came in. Yeah. Now, Mexico is like known for its like out, upstanding government and lack of corruption and or yeah, it's <laughs> the antithesis of a narco state. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> a world model in dealing with crime. It's interesting you mentioned the. I know we got to wrap up here, but like the stampede thing because I had a book. I bought it at the Scholastic Book Fair as a kid. Uh, that was like a survival book, and it had like a camouflage like coating on the book or like a cover i guess i don't know it was like it was nylon it was like a tent and it was all like how to build fires how to build shelters and i realized probably why i have that like ingrained in my head like to be interested in that but uh, one chapter of the book was about stampedes and how to like protect yourself in a stampede and like i never thought about that being like a hazard but like as an adult watching stampedes and stuff like especially watching like ukraine and the train stations and stuff i was like oh damn that is like a legit concern and then World. oh yeah like like really you can't do anything but like put a like i think it was like put a bag either on you or on top i can't remember what it was it just the situation is don't be in it yeah, yeah. if you can um, i mean i would have thought more as a kid that quicksand was gonna be more of a problem later on in life right they and really like, make no, you think that worse than like, heroin's bad for you is quicksand yeah it's just like i don't know why it's like, i was always worried about quicksand and lava but you get to an adult <laughs> now it's like other crazy things and because and you made it this next. far, you, you wanted to be in quicksand. Uh, and on that note, we will end this segment. Um, we will be back with episode 108 of A Life in Ruins podcast. We have three brain cells left and we will be back. Four. Welcome back to episode 108 of A Life. I almost said one of eight too. One, 108 of A Life in Ruins podcast. We're here with Dr. Carlton Schill, Chief Gober and Connor. We and Connor John and math expert <laughs> extraordinaire. Um, I had painted Carlton a uh, like a, a rock art of the Pawnee flag and I just put it in a, like a little you know pouch thing to, to travel in and we were wondering like maybe we should put it like in a gift bag or something like that and then Connor and I were like well we can't <sighs> I can't say this yes you can't, can't. can't. Yes, you can. say it we can't we can't wrap it in a blanket and then just <laughs> <laughs> some historical precedence that allows us to not <laughs> suggest Ooh. that we put it in a blanket and i felt terrible about that and i was like you know this is the bad history of blankets but then lo and behold at your uh, graduation party you were gifted a blanket by your indigenous family so i felt yeah. better <laughs> yeah no uh, it was a beautiful blanket, blanket. Yeah, blanket giving is a huge part of our culture. And I got another one the next day at my American Indian um, certificate, professional certificate ceremony. So it was like, and the reason why, yeah, I can only bring so many people and I didn't know that David and Connor were coming. But it was like that whole graduation week was Thursday morning, the big ceremony at Folsom Field at like eight o'clock. I led the whole procession. Like someone tried to cut in front of me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because PhDs were first, like right after faculty. So I like made sure I led the way. Good. And then did that, did that whole thing. And then anthro ceremony was at four later that day. So that's when we did the whole thing. And then after that was a small reception. And then after that was a secret reception for PhDs with just like the PhDs, their family and the faculty. And so the first day, of course, was from... Like I had to be on campus at seven o'clock. So from seven to like 10 PM and the night before my two buddies, my high buddies from high school came in, Phil, 
flew in Wednesday morning and then Sean and Mike caught red eyes and they landed at like 1 a.m. Thursday morning. So I had to go get them, bring them back, try to get sleep, do that whole day. Then the next day was um, the museum professional certificate. That was from one to four. Then came back, had the cookout, saw you guys. I thought that cookout went really well. There was like three dozen people there. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then that didn't end until like 3 a.m. for most of us. And then at 9 a.m. Saturday, we had the indigenous ceremony. So like we were running on fumes by that point. And like some of us, like because we're all 30, <laughs> you know, like it was that realization that you just can't do that anymore. And like we did our best, but like Saturday was a rough one. We also like revert to like earlier stages in our life in college where we yeah. think we can do these things and you know we certainly can't yeah my high school friends my fraternity brothers like you guys like there were so many stimuli but i didn't get blackout i was no you were you were pretty there dude i had to be and when you talk I, to a million people like it's yeah that that mentally takes it out of you yeah yeah, yeah. i think my i had five. that oh cool. go ahead oh, the, the amount of tito's that you guys you went through a whole jug of tito's and i've never i I didn't know that was physically possible to go through that in one night. <laughs> because a bunch of people were taking They were doing half shots. They were filling the shops half with vodka, half with lemonade. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, but they had, a, they, had, they had a, a lot of people do it. So it wasn't like just straight hit it to the face. And then like I had that cooler full of really good beer. And I kept telling people like, hey, that cooler is just for me and my friends. Here's a cooler for you to put your stuff in. So as we got home, like all the good beer is gone. And I have a cooler full of like shitty seltzers and Coronas. <laughs> Basically, everyone just like dropped me off their shitty beer and like took all my good stuff. <laughs> so now I, have, I guess I have stuff to bring to the field with me oh that's good but yeah little those little 21 year old field school students will <laughs> oh they don't get up. they don't all oh. for me i think i had like and i, I always worry because when i come back from sea level i think i'm like either below or at sea level here in nashville when i go out to visit you guys i'm like oh no i'm gonna die I had like five claws and like two other of those like pineapple margarita seltzers. And then your, was it your aunt or your, your cousin? Oh, Sita. Offered me. She was like, cheers. And then just gave me a shot. And I was like, all right. And then I had another shot. I believe I browned out because I wrote a lot of stuff on your whiteboard that was probably shouldn't have been written on a whiteboard. Uh, but I was like coherent. I probably could have driven and I was very proud of myself. But I think seltzers just genuinely don't get you as like, Messed up his beer, I guess. I don't know. No. So um, my sister-in-law, Sita, who is in her 40s, is just – anytime I go to a party with her, she's the one. She's like the antagonizer. She like and she seems so sweet about it, she's too. She's so nice. And, but like she came back with this. So it's like a party full of like upper 20-year-olds, lower 30-year-olds. And then there's my sister-in-law who had brought her 21-year-old daughter, my niece, in and just like getting everyone to do shots and like <laughs> pushing them to drink more. And everyone's like, who is this woman? Uh, oh my god! Yeah, I love her to death. I will say it was. I, I know we talked about this before. At least David and I did. It was really interesting that we, uh, David and I, I feel like we immediately got along with your friends. Yeah, like I wanted our, to bring that up too. Yeah, like our humors. Like we just show up, 
what, what were they watching? They were watching G.I. Joe. Like the YouTube G.I. Joe dubs. And like, it takes a specific brain of like person on a spectrum to like enjoy that kind of content. And like, I was like, okay, I immediately know that these guys are okay. And that's why Carlton is this way. Yeah, they mentioned that. They're like, dude, we got along so well with your podcast friends. Like, no wonder that this is why this happens. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I do have a certain characteristic friend type. But yeah, no, it was like really cool to see everyone get along and like enjoy each other's time and then like some dude i haven't seen since senior graduation turns out like sells houses around here and he saw a bunch of us in one place and like rolled up and was like what's going on oh was that uh like uh Pauly d yeah k-rod okay yeah k-rod that was his name <laughs> yeah um yeah that was cool uh and like culturally it's interesting to me because like i think it was either a SpongeBob joke or something like that. Like we quoted SpongeBob, definitely South Park. And like they immediately across the room, like your high school friends like knew that joke and like repeated it back and laughed. So it's just like millennials can like completely identify each other just based on one very obscure SpongeBob quote. And that is really funny to me as an anthropologist. <laughs> or you do, or you do your, uh, um, I'm, Oh I'm my cool. God. I, oh my God. <laughs> and like he immediately knew like the episode of South Park and we just went off about it. Oh, um, man. Yeah, dude, but your your graduation, like, or your ceremony was awesome because it's like we got to see all of your indigenous family that I still can't really figure out how. Jerry's, my friend who Jerry is, who's Chinese, traditionally Chinese, he has a thousand uncles. Everyone's his cousin. Uh, and I also learned that in indigenous culture, that is also the same thing. Like, you just, you were explaining to me that you just call everyone who's not your grandmother, but like that, a grandmother, right? Like an aunt, uncle, cousin, or whatever. So yeah, it was cool seeing all that and then like friends from your department that were there and then your friends from high school and then like we know Autumn and um, Devin. So it was just like a cool thing. But uh, so I'm getting derailed. But uh, yeah, like you do a lot of stuff, dude. And like one thing I talked about most people with that night was how like and you just mentioned it. You went to like three different ceremonies for different things you've been doing. You do the podcast, you worked at the museum, you almost got cartel hit in Mexico like a week before. And like, you just do so much stuff and you work so hard. And like, all of your family was there just like, it was cool, man. Like, you were just like, it was pretty awesome to see. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're super proud of you, man. Yeah. Proud. That's the word I'm going for. Yeah. Yeah. I was even so proud of you that we, we started a fight about how at the end of the night about how. Okay, how, how we influence, yeah, how how we influence the podcast, and I was like, no, Carlton, you do more. You're the oh, man. You're like, no, Carl, no, Carl, no, you do more. You're the man. It's like two o'clock in the morning, like <laughs> two. And I came out to the tail end of that, and I was like, honestly, guy, like I opened up the door, I came out, and I caught the tail end of it. I was like, I know what this is, and I was like, guys, you guys can do the podcast complete without me. And then you both turned and like finger gestured to me. Don't even start. <laughs> <laughs> you go back inside. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> that was really funny to me. Um, but yeah, I was trying yeah, to was, herd cats. That was weird because I was just like, there was a part I was just on the deck by myself, just kind of reflecting, and like one by one, friends came out, and we just like had those drunk chats, and I felt like um, the Godfather in the office. I was just about, like a really bad me. version. I'm just sitting on a cooler, like pulling out ranch water, because <laughs> everyone just comes one by one to talk. Yeah. yeah it was fun it's but fun. Yeah, no, I, pre- I appreciate it like I, I love it's fun like I don't see it as hard work that's what 
but there was you that realization. It. Yeah, I enjoy it. Like I had a lot of fun doing all the extra stuff I do. So I don't consider it work because it keeps me like activated in that Man, way. Dude, like you got like, like we were all congratulating you. Like on like I gave that speech about like the podcast and like seeing you grow up and stuff. And like, honestly, it made me kind of emotional when you're talking about your, your stepdad. Like I was like, damn. And like your mom, and your, like he was crying. I could tell you were trying to, uh, trying to not, I should say. Uh, and then like your indigenous family, like giving you like the blanket and stuff. And like, I don't know, it was just like really cool to see like every aspect of your life, like how proud of them, how proud of you they are. Yeah. yeah I wasn't expecting speeches. I thought we were just going to do cake. So I really didn't have anything prepared. I just tried to like not ramble on too much, but no, dude, it was, it was cool to see. And the gifts I got, cause I got the, I got that blanket. And then my other brother, Phil, the one that gave the speech, he gave me, um, an Eagle feather and some, uh, medicine, and so that was like really cool to get. And, uh, no, it was like, it was a fun time. It was a fun yeah, time. Man. And I'm surprised like we didn't tear the place up, like right around, right before 10 o'clock when we had to dip out, we had everything put away, brought up, brought back up to the apartment. The next day yeah, my great. neighbors came up, they didn't say anything about the party, but like, I guess I'd left a cooler drain open. They're like, Hey, it's dripping. So I, this morning I left a gift card, a hundred dollar gift card to Starbucks for my neighbor downstairs. I'm like, Hey, I'm sorry about uh, Friday night. I just got my PhD, so I had all my friends and family here. Thank you for being chill about it. I know you have a new kid, and you could use this gift card. Caffeinate that baby, dude. <clears throat> Caffeinate the baby. I don't think you can do that. <laughs> you, you can't. You can't. You can't do that to the baby. Uh, but, but that shows your kindness, Carlton, and your care for other people, and we appreciate that about you. Yeah. Also, I know why your stepdad hated me because I, he was part of the State Department. He knew I was doing illegal stuff. <laughs> I said that was a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, oh, you guys got to see Don again. We haven't seen Don since. Oh, Don Corleone. Since who was no, Don? COVID NASA days. guy. My yeah, NASA guy. My first roommate. Oh right, yeah, he was there for a bit. Yeah, that was yeah. so funny. That oh my god. So like, Carlton. So Carlton's <laughs> down hanging out with us right now. He's running off doing something else, and this guy just walks up. He's got a hat on, you know. Yeah, just he just looks like this a Boulder bro, and he like he comes up. Yeah. He, he he just makes eye contact with me. I don't think there was any like recognition in his face or anything at all. He just walks up to me and he's like, uh, "Is Carlton around here?" He's like, "Yeah, I hope he's he's back up there." You know, nice to meet you. He's like, "I'm I'm Connor." He's like, "I'm Don." And he's like, "Oh." <laughs> oh, so I, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast, but <laughs> we this was pre COVID. Yeah, and this is the night we recorded. This is like a month before COVID. This is yeah. yeah. the last time. Yeah. Because I remember being sketched at the airport because like some people were in masks and I was like, uh oh. Anyway, Connor, you can we, tell it. I can tell filmed, another angle. Yeah, no. So we were filming. What, what did we film? We did a review of Alpha that we never produced anymore because we just got obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, were, we also did an Instagram live where it ended by us starting to take shots. Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, so that's where the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's where the night was going, and then uh, Don shows up later. After those those activities keep keep continuing, less so on social media, 
more so just in the sadness <laughs> that is my life. We order pizza. <laughs> we had a we had a fifty two inch Cosmos pizza. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing was as big as a Volkswagen bug. Like it was the biggest pizza. No. Oh man. my god. Yeah, I forgot about that. And I had just done like six months like pure gluten free, and you guys like eat this pizza, and I was like, right. <laughs> like it didn't add to like the help of the night. <laughs> but yeah, Cotter got uh, he got a little. Yeah. Little not sober. Uh, and your roommate came in and he was, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, now Connor, I don't know if you want me to tell a story. You, you can tell what you want. <laughs> Let's just say I made a big fuss and weenie f- <laughs> back in a chair and just fell on my ass and was just like, just a mess. I was just a mess. It was a... Uh, <laughs> Well, was, it guys- wasn't anything too bad. Like I, I forget what Don's ex girlfriend came up somehow because I think something had just happened, and you were just like, yes, <laughs> you're "This just is like, what I remember." Yeah, and so you're just like giving him supportive comments. You're just like, "No, dude, you're way better than her," and just like you just <laughs> and he didn't even you just met the guy. And you're just like, "No, no, no, fuck her, dude," and then immediately <laughs> you just like lean back in the chair and you just like fall over, <laughs> just smack your head on the back of the concrete, and we're like. Oh God! And Don's like, "Is he okay?" And I'm like, "I think so." <laughs> what like, I remember was like you saying, like he he was like, "No, I think you're a great guy, dude." And you're like, "No, I'm not. I'm I'm terrible." And then like it was just so like self deck deck. Like to us, it's like funny because that's our humor. But then Don just like looked at me and Carlton so concerned. <laughs> like you were just He's like, like, "What is this guy?" <laughs> yeah, Carter was super yeah self deprecating. Yeah. Well, anyway. That's how my my humor goes, it, especially about a drink. It's like I'm I'm happy, intense, all these well, things mixed together in this well, lovely sort of way. Alcohol is a depressant, so I yeah, mean. yeah. Anyway, um, I am reminded every time, and not specifically you guys, but just archaeologists in general. When I hang out around them again, I'm like, oh yeah, this is definitely a culture of drinking. <laughs> Alcoholics with an archaeology problem. Yeah. And like my high school friends, like, aren't like they'll drink and stuff. But I was like, put them like when I hang out with my archaeology friends, I'm like, okay, I got to like, let me drink a beer before I fly out because I got to get, <laughs> I got to get used to this again. <laughs> this is probably really depressing for the audience. Anyway, we can stop talking about all this. Uh, none of that matters. But I guess the, the main thing was we did that experiment, which we might as well start in the next segment, I guess. But yeah, I'm yeah. brain farting. No, absolutely. I think the, uh, we'll, we'll actually talk about archaeology here in the in the next segment. Yeah, so we'll be right back with episode 108 of A Life in Ru- I said one of eight too, damn it. 108 of A Life in Ruins podcast. Welcome back to episode 108 of A Life in Ruins podcast. We are here with Dr. Carlton Shilchief Gover and Connor Johnnan. No guests, just us. No shoes. So, Devin Pettigrew, Dr. Devin Pettigrew, he's been on the show a few times. We're going to have him on again here soon. Brilliant dude, like has an absurd knowledge of atlatl, at atlatlery, atlatlery, was like, hey, we're going to do an experiment. Do you and Connor want to come? Carlton's coming. I was like, yeah, sure. And he gave me a GPS coordinate up in the mountains. And he was like, yeah, just park here. It's on the side of the road. And it's like a short hike up to this hill. I was like, all right, cool. I didn't pack cold clothing, nor did I pack any hiking shoes. I need to just pack hiking shoes when I go out west. I just, it's a thing I got to do now. But not only was this not a short hike, it was like the steepest hill I've been on in a while. And like, we didn't know where you were because like it was too far to like call for you. And Lana was like, they went up that way. 
So like I just followed a game trail and eventually like one of us shouted and we heard you guys and we got out there and I was just like, <sighs> and like Lana stopped and like took a puff puff of her like vape pen. <laughs> I was like, how are you doing? And then we finally all got up there. We get to the top and I had to like lay down for a bit because I was just like, oh my God, I cannot do altitude anymore. And Devin's up there just hammering away, making up the targets and stuff like that. And we start setting up for this atlatl experiment, which we'll get into but to my surprise, I'm standing there just talking with them, getting my camera stuff ready. Donnie Dust just shows up out of the woods, uh, <laughs> up the hill without even like having breaking a sweat, <laughs> nor was he panting. And he's like, what's up, guys? <laughs> he came right up and just threw his shit down and gives Carlton a hug. And he's like, doctor. <laughs> it's oh like the most that pat on the back almost made me throw up. He is so strong <laughs> is. that it just bear hugs you and it like hurts. And like, I don't, as I'm a big guy too, and I usually don't get hurt, but like, I'm terrified of like Donnie Dutz hugging me because <laughs> there's just so much man in there. Yeah. I feel, like that, I feel like that's the only way he can make an entrance though. You know, if he showed yeah. up like in a car and just like walked out, like it just wouldn't feel the same. Like I want yeah. him to be like stock up against me and like, you know, <laughs> put a knife to my neck. and be like, Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, the kid's a former Marine, so he may good have, but uh, yeah. yeah, he was up there cause uh, Devin, so a paper came out. We'll talk about this when Devin's on here saying that, for the, the one sentence thing is saying that Clovis people couldn't have been hunting mammoths with Clovis points uh, or atlatls, which is just total and complete shit. Because like we've seen it happen, or not like a live mammoth, but like we've seen them go into an elephant before. And you guys have thrown them through a bison, in which we've seen uh, yeah. it's on YouTube currently. Anyway, so we was there to do that, and of course, like I'm a la- atlatl dude. Connor's thrown them before. Carlton's obviously you're pretty good at it, dude. Yeah. And uh, he had three of us up there and Donnie throwing them to test velocities. Yeah. And yeah, it was pretty cool. We also had Chance and uh, another PhD student, Mike, right? Um, Oh, Tom. So yeah, there was, so Devin's thing, Donnie, me, Lana, Phil, you two, and then Chance and and Tom. And so the point of it, as, as David said, there a paper came out that basically said, there's no way... Clovis tip Clovis point and tipped atlatls could have killed mammoths. And the way they did this was by firing Clovis arrows off a 35 pound bow into clay. And like, there's so many problems with that. It's like, you can't fire like modern day bows are meant to fire modern day arrows with arrowheads from 100 to 300 grains. Like that is what they're designed mm-hmm. to do. You throw anything larger than that on there. It's going to absolutely destroy the ballistics because those arrows and bows are designed to fire much smaller broadheads. Like it's a whole issue. And we see this, you know, archaeologically, we know darts varied in shape, size, and length. And also, you know, a bow isn't, the mechanics of a bow are not necessarily analogous to the mechanics of throwing an atlatl dart. No. And so what Devin wanted to bring us up there for with all the different cameras and the backdrop was we all threw different weighted atlatl darts at a target and we're just trying to measure the velocity so we can get the jewels off of it and basically get some preliminary daddle to sh- data to show daddle 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 to show that indeed yes you can actually get these things moving at a speed and in, in a previous experiments we had already shown that so in the bison experiment that we have a youtube video on that probably should get redone at some point we'd have data already showing that we can throw some of those darts with over like 400 joules of energy 
And we told that to Donnie and he's like, I don't know what a jewel is, but awesome science. And it's just <laughs> like, we're hoping to get a paper out of it and just to be like, no, we actually you can. And that's one of those things like we've talked about. And I'm sure, you know, Dr. Servell in his uh, episode last time, you know, the whole overkill hypothesis is like fundamentally rooted on the fact that people could use Clovis tip at Lattles to, you know, murder hobo their way across the world. Yeah, the, that episode. Well, I guess when this is out, it'll have already been out. It's the previous episode if you haven't listened to it. But yeah, it was fun, man. Like if and like I was taking pictures and stuff for the paper and like different angles of the experiment and stuff. And like at one point, Connor was like, why don't you come over here by the target and get some good shots? And I was like, ah, I shouldn't get that close. to t- You know what? It's Donnie Dust. If there's anybody I trust to hit this target with an atlatl, it's Donnie Dust, and I'll stand right next to it. And I got some sick shots. <laughs> I'm really disappointed. You didn't. You didn't bring up what I actually said. I was like, I know this is going to sound sexual. But right. Do you want to come over here and get some penetration photos? That's yeah. Right. That was. That was. You had everyone dying. Yeah. And also, this is like right after the whole weekend of festivities. Like everyone was like. I was just trying not to alive. recover. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. It was, I was going to say, it was, it was really interesting to me to have the dialogue going between, uh, and that's what I basically was. I just was an observer and I was watching the dialogue between Devin and all the throwers, Devin and Donnie. The knowledge that you guys have accumulated and we're trying to understand is like the, the stuff that isn't quantified in this paper but like those conversations to me were super interesting where you're talking about this dart flies better with this at lateral or this yeah. one goes here or or what, what donnie specifically found one that he was like really dialed in with that he called delilah <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> number seven but then he also he also showed me how like if you wiggle the atlatl and wherever the flex is you want that on its side so you want the stiffer parts because not all wood is equal which is like duh and i was able to once i figured out which side needed to be pointed up i could throw those things but man that 400 gram dart Dude, that thing was <laughs> heavy. Like I had to, th- I've never done it before, but I had to hold it with my other hand, my non-firing <laughs> hand and like throw it up just so I can throw the damn dart. I couldn't reach it. <laughs> <laughs> it's dull. Yeah. And, but that one, the, the penetration power, I, I pulled every single time I pulled it out, retrieved it from it. Like I, I ripped out all the components. Yeah. Like it, it and the, and it was definitely you didn't get that wiggle as much that you really yeah. see on like the arrows. Like it was a very like what what is it like frequency? Is that what they call it? Uh, the um, flex. Yeah, flex. the spline. Yeah. The yeah. spline. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Much, much. And they traveled yeah, you're so much throwing slower. a javelin. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was it was weird. Like because that really light dart because we were all using heavy atlatls with banner stones and like none of us could throw that damn thing it, it was heavy and the uh, what i lobbed it right into the target when the cameras weren't rolling and i was really bummed about it but my favorite part of the whole thing and just devin being devin he has like just a, a bandolier of atlatls I, I can only explain it as that like there's like 40 of them and he just rolls them out onto like a blanket and I was like, hey, do you have one that's like a, an Aztec one? And he just like roots through him and he's like, yeah, <laughs> hands me this one. He's like, it's actually based off like the codices they found in Munich. And like, you know, it's actually built exactly. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I just want the Aztec one. And I think Lana was like, you throw them so fast. And I was like, yeah, I just pretend they're Mayan captives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Aztec captives, I remember what I said, but yes. So 
for whatever reason, I did well with that Aztec one. It was really cool, just the way it, like it throw. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're um, gonna have the, Devin back on. He's gonna run the data. So we're gonna have Devin on to talk more critically about the paper itself and what we're trying to do. It's just nice to have Devin because Devin is kind of like right now like one of the leading experts in like ballistics and like and not only ballistics but like how you to make analogous. He's the um, little guy. Yeah. And how to make research um, projects that are analogous that actually capture what we're trying to capture. Cause so often like there's a reason why throwing things into clay isn't good or even like some certain ballistics gelatin, which he found out through some of these experiments with the high speed ca- cameras being able to detect how they interact with the dart. So like he's learning all this stuff. And so just having him at our, at our fingertips is, is incredible. And then we all dipped out early. We left Chance, Tom, and Devin up there because I had to go to Colorado Springs. And David, you had to go to the airport. I did. Uh, I learned as an in and out in Denver. Uh, we went and mm-hmm. went to there. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And I got some message requests. Like, bro, you're in Cali, and I was like, nope. Specifically said here at In and Out Burger in Denver, Colorado. Not a palm tree in sight. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't watched the video, he he does a cuisine. Couge. Couge. Uh, <laughs> Are you guys um, Whataburger or In and Out? I've uh, never had Whataburger. Whataburger is good. In and Out is like In and Out's like it's a cultural thing. Like if I'm yeah. in California, I'll hit an In and Out. If I'm in Texas, I'll do a Whataburger. But I believe Whataburger, I think, tastes better. Yeah, they have. I mean, they have a larger menu, and they have like really good breakfast. Like I'll, you got to like, know like the secret menu of In yeah. Burger. Yeah, yeah. yeah the secret menu in In and Out is just goofy it's like animal style two by two three by three it's like it's really <laughs> not protein animal style yeah. we saw a kid just destroying uh, like a uh, like a lettuce wrapped burger yeah, like it was protein yeah. style yeah <laughs> so i want to take i want you to take that burger go in the back and you'll know, piss on it two by two three by three throw it with the animals get it to be wild <laughs> That's cool. what? That's staying in out order. That's how you order. Oh, 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 right. The animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had one in Salt Lake City, and uh, you could ask for fry sauce. And I was like super stoked. And all they did was just use Thousand Island dressing, and it was gross and made me throw up later. I'm like, that's not. I think that's, that's what animal sauce. style is. It's just yeah. like it's out of just, caramelized onions or something. Yeah. No, yeah, the animal style has that sauce on it, but like specifically in Utah, there's that fry sauce culture, and I think they oh. messed up when they first showed up with like, here's our fry sauce. It's like, no, that's just your animal style sauce, and it's disgusting with fries. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, and then um, went to the airport. I forgot my headphones. It was just kind of a miserable experience, but uh, no, Boulder's like a lovely town. I like really enjoyed it there. A lot of homeless people. Yeah, the empanada place is good. Yeah, it's so good you can eat tw- eat it twice. I <laughs> yeah, I love uh, that empanada joint. It's really good. I have so uh, many leftovers in my fridge right now. Like I'm, oof. I should know by tomorrow if I got that job at IU. So by the time this comes out, I'll either be happy or crying. Oh, oh, we have to get we have to give an apology for for something. What? Our latest episode is going to be released a day late. Oh, the, but that would already be out. Yeah, by the time so this comes out. Seven, we we have we have released late for once in our 108 times doing this. Our 107. We times had a doing busy it. two weeks. Like, yeah, we've, yeah, yeah, we've had like these past two weeks haven't been good. I mean, the there was a ball was... in which I may have not needed the drop, but <laughs> I could have not dropped. But uh, yes, but it was busy, and I was flying, and it was a two day turnaround. It'll be fine. Yeah. One day late won't destroy us. 
I'm just I'm just formalize formally apologizing. Yep. I know. Yeah, I guess that's true because like I do listen to a lot of podcasts Monday morning, and if it's not there, I'm like, oh damn. But then I I go look for it again. So no one's emailed us, so I think it should be okay. That's true. Wait, have we checked and see if people are still listening? Unfortunately, they are. Oh. Oh, dude, have you guys seen the the comet people are still on their on their shit? The impact hypothesis, folks. Hmm. We did that the Hopewell one, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They came out with another one, hmm. and they're just getting. I just don't. I just don't get it. It's it's a cult, man. People really like the impact hypothesis because it's like just because it's counter culture to mainstream archaeology. I don't know because it sounds cool. Like asteroid comes out, wipes out civilization. It's like that's not how that works. Yeah, to the layman, it makes sense. Catch all. Yeah, I got. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, guys, I'm gonna apologize on behalf of the three of us. Uh, The brain cells are gone. I'm there having was fever other- dreams, like while we're <laughs> recording. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there were other funny things that happened this weekend. Uh, I'm not oh. going to discuss the whiteboard. <laughs> oh, I, I did tell everyone our, our dirty secret about how we have dark dark humor. So that cat is out of the bag. So we're sorry. Mm. At least I told Georgia yeah. and your other friend. I was like, oh, by the way, Georgia's dope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go, listen to, go listen to her episode. She, she's the best. I've ne- yet to meet somebody with as much awkward energy as me. Like I said something, <laughs> and she like did like the what's that little Fortnite dance? Uh, uh, I don't know. The, the I don't remember what flossing. Like, <laughs> she just like she I've never seen a thirty year old person floss forty times in a night. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's twenty eight. Can't remember. Um, Do you want to talk about? Our experience downtown interacting with people. Yeah, what did oh, you guys do? Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, I thought you meant the drug deal I saw at the hotel because I did see that. Um, <laughs> but that's <laughs> what it is. I parked and I was like, why are these guys staring at me so weird and so close to each other at the front door of the car? And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I went downtown and I just interviewed people. I was like, what's it mean to be human? Uh, I think by the time this episode comes out, I'll, have, I'll put it on YouTube. But Carlton, did you get a chance to pop that? Let's tell the one I. See the one I showed you. Yeah, I, I like. I think you had already shown it to Lana, so she was laughing. This okay. So like, I love Channel Five News. They're all gas, no breaks, because like it is just it's like such a funny style of like comedy for me, or like to me. And I was not expecting to get a person like that by interviewing. I think what twelve people, and everyone was like, "Yeah, I think being humans, like you know, it's like loving God." Or someone was like, "I, I think it's just like you know, being good to each other." And this guy's like, "Man." There's people, when the government's all done, they're going to be hiding out in the Australian outback. There's these underground bunkers. The sky is made of glass. <laughs> it's going to come down. And the thing is, I thought this guy, like, as he was, he came on so normal. Like, I mean, I would say neurotypical and sober. Like, he seemed like a, a with it person with his first answer. He's like, yeah, be good to everybody. Like, there's no races. There's no ethnicities. We're all human. And then it just went off the rails. And then he would come back every three minutes and be like, so what's it mean to be human? I don't know. But then he would talk about like volcanoes and like, it was the wildest interview I've ever had in my life. And I was trying my best to like hold it together. But the whole time I was like, is this man schizophrenic? Is he on acid currently? No, I think he genuinely believes these conspiracies and he is a very intelligent man who does so. <laughs> it's very confusing to me. 
but yeah, that, that's what that was. That's what that was. And that's why like I impromptu asked you and Donnie that up on the hilltop, which I also edited that in today, Carlton, because like the Donnie gives an answer and then like I go up to Carlton, who literally just gets his PhD, and you were like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> but it's because like you had no <laughs> brain cells. And then 30 seconds later you come back with like a dissertation of an answer. It's so impressive. <laughs> Well, I, then, just needed, then, I just needed a second because Donnie took all my answers when I was thinking, so I needed like a uh, second to recalibrate. Oh, and then Donnie took, takes the mic from you and then interviews you, and you're like going back and forth, <laughs> like trying to eat the microphone. <laughs> it was, but it was really wild. So I was helping film, and the the answers we got varied pretty insanely. Yeah, it was like really interesting to see how people answered them. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm gonna try that. In Nashville and stuff, and I'll do one in New York when I'm up there next. Oh, don't don't forget about the pigeons. We got the pigeons too. Oh, I interviewed the pigeons. I interviewed that racist statue cow, <laughs> the cow statue. Um, <laughs> there's there's a cow statue, and David, I was just like random, like like we just filmed pigeons or something. You like walking up to them, and I was like, go go. <laughs> and I walk up to the cow or it's like go full, go ask the cow and he's what did you say <laughs> I, was like, I was like what's it mean to be a bovid creature and then I like put my ear up close to it this construction worker's looking at me like I'm insane and then I was like that's a great answer real racist though <laughs> people just thought we were nuts um, yeah um, and then we went and got drinks. That's right. Yeah, that was Friday for us. And I had wo- I had woken up at 4 a.m. in Nashville to get on the plane. I flew out there. We met each other at 8 a.m. at the airport in Denver. And then we did that and then immediately got drinks at like noon. And like three of them deep, I was like, we were walking around downtown just like already <laughs> ready to roll. And we ro- brought it back to alcoholism. And on that note, we're going we're gonna to end the episode. Yeah, so uh, thank you everyone so much for listening. Yeah, uh, do that. Um, if you're listening on the All Shows feed, please uh, consider helping us out by going to our show, Life and Roots Podcast, subscribing to our individual show, and listening to us there. It helps us uh, grow our grow our audience and gives us data to give to potential sponsors and advertisers so we can get better deals and make much more creative content. Um, and the more money that our podcast makes, the more attention we get from David and we need his skill set. So please. No. <laughs> Carlton, before we end, I just want to tell you, and I said it like 18 times this weekend, I'm very fucking proud of you and I love you and you're, you're a really good dude. And it like really showed this weekend. No, I love you guys too. This was a lot of fun. I was super stoked to see you guys coming. I was like really happy that you guys were there. And I kept telling a lot of people, I was just like, I'm so overwhelmed right now, but I am genuinely very happy to see you. Yeah. No. But yeah, we're we're super proud of you and you the reason this podcast is any good. And if you want to rehash that argument right now, I will I will start fucking kill you right I now. Will, I will go get a beer. I, and will, I, will, I will talk to Georgia and have a drone set your way within oh. two hours. Hashtag episode one oh six of Life Rooms Podcast. Check it out. Uh, All right guys. And with that, we are out.
Thanks for listening to a Life in Ruins podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at a Life in Ruins podcast. And you can also email us at a Life in Ruins podcast at gmail.com. And remember, make sure to bring your archaeologists in from the cold and feed them beer. A dung beetle walks into a bar and asks, is this stool taken? <laughs> That's good, man. That's a good one. All right. Thank you, Connor. And with that, we are out. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, DigTech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.